Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. What's going on? We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Colts Cast and on Instagram at Colts Cast. If you're listening right now and don't follow us on social media, I will find you. I will hire a hitman to coerce you to become a Jets fan for the rest of your life. Do you really <laughs> want that? Do you really want that? That is equivalent to a life sentence in prison. Please be warned. Anyway, not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see updates from us, highlights we tweet, polls we run, and some highlight videos. Again, that's at the Colts Cast on Twitter and at Colts Cast on Instagram. Jamal. Episode Yo. 22, I got a question for you. What's up? Are you ready to get into some Indianapolis Colts content? Man, I'm ready today. Let's get it. On today's episode, we discuss Matt Ryan's MVP chances and how he stacks up against the other candidates in this article, though. So it's an ESPN article. Um, I believe Bill Barnwell wrote it uh, July 14th. It's called NFL MVP 2022 Cases. 13 previous seasons that show how Jalen Hurts, Matt Ryan, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers could win. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a case for Matt Ryan. I see one for Trey Lance. There's a lot of interesting cases in here. Um, music to my ears, though. I'm hoping for yours as well, Jamal. We get oh, absolutely. Matt Ryan could win MVP. Is that is that possible? Hey, man. There will change on that. They are analyzing many MVP seasons we've seen from the past and are trying to identify a comparable player who could have that sort of year in 2022. Let's read what they said about Matty Ice. So his MVP season comp is going to be Aaron Rodgers in 2020. The story in 2020 was a fading former MVP threw back the years with a vintage season out of his prime. So... Since winning MVP during the 2016 season, Ryan's total QBR has either declined or stayed stagnant in each of his in each of the subsequent five seasons. So one thing I want to point out real quick is I hate the QBR statistic. Jamal, do you even know how they how they come up with the QBR? No, let's go ahead and explain that. No, I can't explain it because it's a proprietary <laughs> statistic from ESPN that that when I ask people, they're just like, nah, it's QBR. I'm like, all right, what is it? Nah. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> for, for example, I remember last year they gave Zach Wilson a higher QBR than Joe Burrow's five touchdown, 500-yard game. Oof. It's a scam. Anyway, yeah. Ryan's total QBR has either declined or stayed stagnant in each of the subsequent five seasons. The stagnant season saw him improve narrowly from 59.6 to 59.8 between 2019 and 2020. Ryan was all the way down at 46.1 a year ago, good enough for 21st in the league. He ranks 21st in DVOA, which is defensive, the defense adjusted value over average. I had to look up exactly what this was because... I don't know anyone that can explain me this definition, but it calculates a team's success based on the down and distance of each player during the season, then calculates how much or less successful each team is compared to the league average. 
According to Football Outsiders, DVOA breaks down every single play of the NFL season to see how much success offensive players achieved in each specific situation compared to the league average in that situation, adjusted for strength uh, of the opponent. A lot to pack there. So I think the simplest way I, I see it is imagine if you got stats for every single play, put them all together, and you'd have averages. And then, like, for example, if player one rushes for eight yards, player two rushes for two yards, the average would be five. Uh, DVOA provides an average for every single situation. Um, the yards rushed are calculated for all downs as well. So it it basically is a calculated average for every single possible play and provides an average to compare players or teams against. That seems like seems like a really hard statistic to come yeah. up with, but but somebody's doing it for us and, and it's really good. So twenty first in DVOA. 18th in yards per attempt. We're going back to the article now. Passer rating, net yards per attempt, and adjusted net yards per attempt. He wasn't the problem with the Falcons, but Ryan was able to keep them afloat. Uh, wasn't able to keep them afloat either. Now, of course, things are different. Ryan was traded to Indianapolis, where the Colts can protect him on the interior and rely on heavy doses of running back Jonathan Taylor. Ryan moves from what had been one of the toughest divisions, NFC South, to arguably its weakest, AFC South, and he still gets the benefit of playing in the Dome. Rodgers made his leap back into the elite class during his age 37 season. Can Ryan do the same in his? So, Jamal, I've talked a lot, so I'm about to hand the ropes over to you. Mm -hmm. Jamal, can he do the same in his? Do we feel at age 37 he's able to make a run for it? Mm-hmm. I mean, based off what you just read to me, it sounds like it can be kind of convincing. But in my humble opinion, I, I do think he can. I do think he can. Because he hasn't really lost. I mean, he, he's lost a couple steps, of course. Age is there. 37 years old. We know that. But his mind still works the same. Physically, he may not be able to make all the same plays. But he's going to be a better tool than what we've had for the past two, three years in Indianapolis. So I think that his arm is still there. He's still been putting up what last year was his first year. He didn't eclipse 4,000 yards. And I know we already talked about before where you can say, oh, some of the stat padding and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But first year he didn't eclipse 4,000 yards. uh, And I believe that was the first time he hadn't done it since the 2012 season. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he has been on a slight decline. You know, you can say that, but on paper, he still looks good. He still looks great. So I think that he can, as long as we have everything kind of in a picture-perfect place for him. Um, And we'll kind of go into that here in a little bit. But I was actually looking at a couple things. I think Vegas Insider currently has him at like plus 8,000 to win MVP. So yeah, I I kind of found that interesting. Trying to throw Um, 1,000 on there real quick? What's up? Hey, you already already know. But and what I wanted to talk about, though, and I know that 2016 was six years ago, so he was 32, you know, so on and so forth. But when I take a look back at that season, I wanted to kind of compare his stats for that season along with some of the other aged quarterbacks who've won, which we'll get into that here in a bit. But just his stats in that season, 373 completions, 530, or 373 for 534, uh, 69.9 completion rate through for 4,944 yards. Average 9.3 yards per pass. So almost a first down each one is pretty solid. 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 
and a rating. So not not an ESP and Q, uh, QBR, but just the overall rating of one hundred and seventeen point one. The the passer rating where you can actually rating. use yeah. stats <laughs> Correct. to calculate a real stat. Yeah, I'm okay Correct. with that. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I, I looked at this 2018 season as well, which was another phenomenal year for him and the stats, you know, it was just a great year, but there was a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes, who was playing, who had a career year that year. So Matt Ryan statistically put up almost the same exact stats that he did his 2016 year. But of course you have Mahomes who threw for almost 5,100 yards, 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 113 quarterback, you know, uh, rating. So that was just an anomaly of a year. I say that because there's a lot of talk about the decline, but he now is in a position again, like the article said, where he's playing in a weaker division, still in the dome, better playmakers all the way around him. Mentally, he's still there, man. He's he's still he's still a great football mind, you know. And his arm seems to look pretty good. Um, I think with the line we have for him, with the with the weapons we have for him, they can be something special for him. So to answer your question in so, whole, to answer your question, do I feel like he can make a run for it? Yes. That doesn't say I think he's going to win it, but I do think he can make a run for it. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around yeah. the decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. AJ ain't nothing but a number, right? Exactly. I've seen multiple QBs do it, do their thing in the mid to late 30s. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers did it, of course. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning did it. Even Rich Gannon did it. Matt exactly. Ryan can do it. I'll have he to disagree with you on one one of your points. Okay. I, I think he had better weapons in Atlanta. I don't know if you know who Kyle Pitts is. Yeah, but he is a generational pass catching tight end talent over there, and there's a reason the Falcons took him at number four in the earlier draft. Plus, they had Cordero Patterson, who they finally unlocked his true potential. They had Calvin Ridley for a little bit, Russell Gage, now I believe on Tampa Bay. I think that's a better that's a better you know set of weapons versus ours. If we're being yeah. uh, completely honest here and objective but i agree with you on every other point he's coming to a much uh, much better team overall to the colts the offensive line was terrible over there in atlanta falcons fans you i i would hope you agree with that you guys pass rush was absolutely atrocious as well again the weapons were better but that's it that's all you guys had you didn't have a really good team a cohesive team around you so I can just argue that, you know, every Colts position group is better. There's demonstrative evidence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Quint, Quentin Nelson, for example, versus Atlanta's left guard, Jalen Mayfield. Little rookie. 
I don't I don't want to tear him down too much, but come on, bro. Don't fucking play with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jalen Mayfield. I was looking at some of Jalen Mayfield's stats. He's probably like a bottom one guard in the NFL. So bottom one, Jesus. God, I mean, we're just we're just coming out of Atlanta today. I don't care if he was a rookie. DeForest Buckner versus Grady Jarrett. I'm taking Buckner. Deion Joseph versus Darius Leonard. I'm taking Leonard. Come on. Come on, man. I, I, I can do this all day. I can day. do this all day. I can do this all day. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can do this all Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, AJ Terrell. All right, AJ Terrell, nice. But come on. Kenny Moore? That's even, like, I can argue that. Jonathan Taylor, Cordero Patterson? Come on, man. He's coming to an organization that has a history of just winning. Like, the Colts went. Falcons haven't won since their Super Bowl run. They, they've been a seven-win team or lower every season. You're absolutely right, Jamal. He can, he can make a run for this. Well, since we want to talk about kind of the past a little bit there, I don't know. I, I got a couple quarterbacks I just wanted to review over the past couple years who have won MVP in the 35 or older range for us, or I shouldn't say for us, but in the league, and kind of talk about their stats, some of the weapons they had around them, and what put them in that. So I'll start off if you want me to just kind of go over a couple of guys I, I looked at and I kind of noticed. I'll let you do it. All right. So taking it from fresh off last year, who we who do we compare him to? A. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won it last year, age 38 with the Packers. Again, quick little stats for us. Three, 366 for 531, 68.9% completion rate. Threw for 41 uh, 41, 15 yards, 7.7 average, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, a rating of 111.9. And Aaron Rodgers had the great, the, the best, the best receiver in the league when he won that. Devontae Adams, there's no question about it. Of course, we know he's with Oakland now. We'll see how he does out there, but he had the best receiver in the league. You know, it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Adams had 1,553 receiving yards. Next up on their list was Alan Lazard, 513. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 430. Overall, pretty decent year for them. Um, as as per usual, Packers, 13-win team, you know, playing a yeah, division. So they always, they always usually end up on top. Taking it 2020, Aaron Rodgers again, age 37. 372 for 526, 70.7% completion rate, 3 for 42.99 yards, 8.2 average, 48 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 121 uh, rating. Again, Devontae Adams, best receiver in the league, 1374. Valdez Scantling, 690. Uh, Robert Tonyan, 586. Lazard, 451. The year before, or a couple years before that, Tom Brady with the Patriots, 2017, 385, 581, 66.3 completion rate, so a lower completion rate, but 45, 77 yards, 7.9 average, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, rating of 102.8. Gronk was their leading receiver for them at 1,084 yards behind him. Brandon Cooks with 1,082, so just behind him. Danny and Amendola, 659. Chris Hogan, 438. Uh, James White, 429. Then we take it to the GOAT, 2013 Peyton, who has five total MVPs, most ever. And I don't know if you remember this, bro. 
Eric, this this was week one game against the Ravens. I remember watching this game, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Dude carved up, carved up the Ravens. Seven Threw for seven touchdowns that game. Talking about Peyton? <laughs> Peyton, yeah. Yeah, I remember Carved that. up. Yeah. I actually do because it's in fantasy. Somebody had him. And I mean, he put up his story here that year, 450 for a 659, 68.3 completion rate, 5,477 yards, 8.3 yards uh, per pass, 55 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 115.1 rating. Uh, Demarius Thomas, though, dog, RP to him, but 1430 on the yards. Yeah. Eric Decker, 1288. Julia Thomas. Julius Thomas, excuse me, 788. Wes Welker, 778. And I mentioned all those quarterbacks because what I, or and, I, and their age and their raw receivers they have because their receivers, you always have one dominant one uh, besides Peyton and besides Tom, where Brandon Cooks and Gronk both were virtually the same and Eric Decker and Demarius were the same. But they all have one dominant player who kind of took over the game and everyone else did an awesome job at being a place filler and still getting yards. They were spreading the ball out. But what I liked about all these receivers who were on all these teams for these players or um, for all these quarterbacks is in the event that they're getting double coverage, they had another backup receiver. And I think that's where it's going to help us out a little bit this year, knowing that we now have a good battle for wide receiver two, which we'll get into that in a bit, but that makes me feel a whole lot better that we can have a wide receiver one and if we don't pick up any other receivers, we now have a wide receiver two to where we don't have to worry about wide receiver one being double coverage and being locked down. And it's just being one dimensional. Um, so I do think Matt Ryan is in a great position in his career, as you mentioned, team wise around him to to potentially flourish a little bit. And talking about wide receivers, we want them to be healthy, too. Yes. Like that's going to contribute. That's going to contribute to his chances of winning MVP. Mm-hmm. Like Paris Campbell, I'm talking to you. I need, I need you to be healthy this season. Oh yeah, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's going to target Alec Pierce a lot. I, I just he loves them outside receivers. I know he loves his running backs, checkdowns, and tight ends a lot. But I he loves his outside receivers a lot. I mm-hmm. so Matt Ryan's going to get get them buckets to them. I, I I agree. Thanks for the stats breakdown for that. I'm I'm feeling really good about this. You, I think before this episode, I don't think we would have ever thought about Matt Ryan winning yeah. MVP. I ain't gonna lie, I wouldn't have. <laughs> but just breaking it down, it's it's all the way possible. Because mm-hmm. really, if our team is is successful, usually the quarterbacks are gonna they're gonna get the MVP. I mean, they have right. to put up some great numbers, low interceptions, things like that. But I'm I'm liking his chances right now. Yeah, no, and 100% on board with you. And like you said, I think that he will target Pierce a lot this year. And as long as Campbell can stay healthy, he has a great chance of getting some targets. And, you know, even breaking down their 2016 year, their receivers, we all know Julio, the dog. That year, I mean, he, he had... 1,409 yards receiving. Sanu had 653. Taylor Gabriel had 579. And Devontae Freeman, 462. Tevin Coleman, 323. Personally, I know that MPJ is is not a Julio Jones as of now. I know that, you know. I'm not going to sit here and say that MPJ is going to have a 1,500-yard reception year. But what I will say is 
MPJ can have a thousand receiving yards. yards, right? Receiving yards. Yeah, sorry, receiving yards. I say rushing. So reception. You get oh reception. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> receiving yards. If he can have eleven, twelve hundred, and we can have a healthy Alec Pierce, who we already posted and say gonna have a thousand yards committed. <laughs> what are they gonna hey. do when we have when we have a Naheem Hines who's good for four or five hundred yards? A JT who's good for four or five hundred yards. These Tevin Campbell numbers are three twenty three and Devontae Freeman for four sixty two. That's gonna be obsolete, bro. That that that's can be easy Tell money. Him. Tell him easy money. So, uh, it, <laughs> channel your inner Captain America, bro. Can do this all day. <laughs> Come on, bro. We can do this all day. <laughs> all I'm oh. saying is, there's just there's just a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity, man, and and it's looking and it's looking good. It can be good. And like I said, I know MPJ is no Julio Jones. I ain't trying to say that he is. What I'm trying to say is that MPJ can go up for that ball and get a thousand yards. Pierce is going to get a thousand yards. We already locked that in stone. Campbell's healthy. He can get six, 700 yards. Naheem Hines. We know he's going to utilize him. And I forgot about tight end position. Dog. I don't know if it's going to be Woods. <laughs> if, it, if it's going to be Moali Cock, don't matter. We're going to see do, little baby. Do this all day. <laughs> You're going to see Gonzalez out there again, man. Do this all day. Look, Jamal, I I agree. I agree with everything. It I'm I'm very excited for this season. I think I say this every off season because I want football to come back. But oh, I'm yeah. super excited to see football, college football, professional football. I yeah, mm-hmm. I want to see football. But Jamal, I got one last question for you. Yes, sir. Well, Jonathan Taylor, will he need to take a step back to allow Ryan to be successful for him to garner MVP status? Mm. And this is where this is where I, I do get nervous because anybody, anybody who's a Colts fan or not a Colts fan knows that JT is the future of Colts football. Jake, okay. we got it. We got to keep him. We got to keep him where he needs to be. And in a perfect world, I, I don't want JT to get 300 carries. We talked about that already. We don't want him to get that many carries. I want him to get a bunch of yards, but I don't expect him to have another 1800 yard season. And one thing I did notice when I was looking at each of these quarterbacks during their um, MVP seasons, each running back, none of the no running back eclipsed 1100 yards. Everyone had a, they were 11 or 1080 or lower. So that's one thing that scares me because that means JT statistically based off the stats, he would have to rush for a thousand yards for for Ryan to have that kind of year he would need to. And do I like that for JT? No, because I'm selfish. I want JT to get 13, 1400 yards, but I don't want the necessary wear and tear. So that's where that's where I think about it because in that 2016 season, Falcons were 56 uh 56.05% passing and 43.95% run. And I do know that we were a little, we were pretty 50 50 um, over the years. So I hope that Frank Reich doesn't completely take JT out of the equation to make sure Ryan can, can excel the way he needs to. Because I, if, if everybody is firing on all cylinders, if all receivers are healthy, all tight ends are healthy, O line is healthy. I'm okay with JT slowing down and taking a step back and having a 
1,300 yard season, 1,200 yard season, because I don't think he'll be opposed to that because he his all-purpose yards, he, I think he'll still get a lot. He's going to get a lot of check down passes. I, I do feel like he will get a lot. But I would not be okay with Frank Wright doing a 180 on us and going, you know, 55, 56% pass and dropping us down to 45% run. I, I don't want to see that. Uh, so I do think JT will have to take a small step back, but not so much in the way that it's in a way that we're punishing him. It's going to be in a way, in my opinion, that we need him to, if we want longevity out of him, he was going to already have to take this step back a little bit anyway, because he can't be the workhorse year after year after year after year, because we see these Derrick Henry's, you know what I'm saying? We see what happens when these guys get a lot of wear and tear on them. I, that's the last thing I want to happen is our selfish ways get in the way. We want to run the damn ball. And now JT is 20 ACL or injuries here, injuries there. So if he can take a step back in a positive way that he needs to, I'm down with it. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. I'll I'll argue the other side. I think he doesn't need to st- take a step back mm. from Matt Ryan and be successful. Because I think for the NFL MVP award, I think it's, you know, it's pretty universal. It's not who accumulates the most stats so Mm -hmm. for quarterbacks it's not going to be who threw for the most passing yards because i i think tom brady did that last year and he didn't win nfl mvp why is right i i think i do know but um stats (laughs) are only a part of the equation for determining nfl mvp i do think the one stat they do look at is touchdown to interception ratio Mm-hmm. Because Aaron Rodgers did have the best ratio, and he's won in the last two years. In those last two years, he had the best ratio. Then I looked at the year, I believe it was 2019, Lamar Jackson won it. He had the fourth highest touchdown to interception ratio, but he also rushed for 1,206 yards on the ground. It's wild. <laughs> wild, which was higher than, I think, all running backs <laughs> except five of them. So, yeah, I think they factored that in. But there's one one huge variable that's considered, and that's going to be your team's record. Mm-hmm. You got to be winning. Lamar Jackson's team that year was 14-2. and two. two losses. Come on. And Lamar Jackson was putting up those numbers. Boom, MVP. The Packers, they've won 13 games every year for the last three seasons. Aaron Rodgers has put up phenomenal numbers. Boom, MVP. So, no, I don't think Jonathan Taylor needs to take a step back. If anything, he needs to be on his game or even take a step forward. I do agree with you. Let's not, you know, overuse him. But, you know, he was averaging five and a half yards per carry. What if it goes to six? Not many running backs have done that ever. I want to say it was just Barry Sanders and OJ Simpson that's ever averaged six yards for a season. Mm. What if he can do that? Yeah, what if he can do that? Come on. I want everybody to help contribute to the team's success. I mean, even JT could win it if he put up a 2,100-yard season, six yeah. yards per carry. We've seen running backs win in the past. Mm-hmm. I think the last one was Adrian Peterson. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're talking about Matt Ryan right now. I think him being successful will help Matt Ryan out because it will help to the team's success which will ultimately help Matt Ryan's chances on winning MVP. 
and I like that you you brought in the most imp- one of the most important ones, like you said, was the record, because we do know we do know when JT rushed for a hundred yards a game, our record leading up to the Raiders game was nine and zero. Every game he had a hundred yards or more rushing, we we hadn't lost. And of course, the Raiders game was the only game last year we lost, so nine and one. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I think if he can, if a 100 is the magic number, if he can get a hundred rushing yards. Then yeah, we Ryan can can clean up the rest. So I, I do like that you put in the um, record portion there because that that is a really important one that a lot of people don't think about. Because you're right, some of these other years where Ryan threw for 46, 4700 yards didn't matter when they were seven and eight. So if the Colts were fourteen and two last year and Taylor rushed for two thousand yards and twenty touchdowns and he didn't get MVP, yeah. That would be disgusting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Matt Ryan, I'm hoping you get MVP. That would be amazing. But for him to do that, I mean, we would need, what, 13 wins, 14 wins? Yeah. That would be amazing. Home field advantage. Uh, we get a bye, probably. Uh, it's looking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up, folks. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back on Friday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care. Have a good week. I can do this all day. Do it all day. Have a good one, y'all.